Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 34 of Coach Prep. Don, how are you doing this morning? Good, thanks, Tori. We're ready to go. Good deal. So we're going to talk today about uh, some of the challenges for coaches that are trying to help their players uh, with recruiting here in the uh, days of the coronavirus. First off, we want to make sure that we say thank you to our presenting sponsor, Cleat It Up FP. Cleat It Up is the communication tool you need to have to solve all your communication challenges. It's a free app for your phone. It will help you communicate within teams, player to player, coach to player, across the organization. It's a great tool. So check them out at cleatedup.com. So Don, obviously, as we get deeper into the spring season and heading into the summer, we know that the recruiting landscape has changed drastically. And a lot of the coaches that listen to us are hoping to help players get recruited, hoping to help players find a spot on a college roster. And one of the challenges in that is that it's looking more and more like the amount of games that will be played and the amount of coaches that will be able to be at games to recruit is changing drastically. The numbers of events are falling by the wayside daily, and the legislation and the rules from the NCAA and and from the different universities are greatly limiting the amount of time that coaches can spend on the road. So we want to spend some time today talking to our coaching friends about things that they can be doing, advice that they can be sharing with their players to do everything possible to give them the best opportunity. Absolutely, Tori. And it's uh, just like you said, it's an ever-changing and evolving uh, timeline for things to get back to some kind of normal. Right. And we just don't know yet. Yeah. Well, and the first thing I wanted us to talk about is the NCAA just uh, extended the dead period. So for Division One schools, um, they are not allowed to have any off-campus recruiting, at least until the end of June. And honestly, I think it's going to continue to get extended. The SEC has already extended it through the month of July. think uh, as we look at it, as we get a little bit further into the month of May when they meet again, that it's likely that they're going to continue to extend this dead period, partly because the landscape is just so uneven. There's certain parts of the country, you know, like us here in Georgia, you know, we're sneaking back up on a normal life again. You know, Businesses are reopening and people are able to get back out and uh, start to uh, achieve some sort of normalcy. But there's other parts of the country that Not are Not the same still, in Washington, right? Yeah, or or some of the big cities. You know, one yeah. of the things I was talking with one of the kids at a lesson the other day, how lucky we are here. Because even though Atlanta is a, a gigantic big city, city yeah. we're so spread out, such a wide area that the vast majority of our kids still have backyards and still have yep. you know garages and driveways and, and neighborhoods that they can go out and run around in. I cannot imagine being in one of these big cities, you know, New York, Chicago, Philadelphia, you know, where a neighborhood is basically an apartment block. There's not any grass to be found and and being quarantined in those areas has just got to be so much more challenging and so much more difficult. The NCAA rules are limiting the possibility that coaches could recruit. The second thing that's going to limit recruiting is each individual university is going to have their own guidelines and rules for their employees. Uh, We know because of the financial crunch, uh, some college coaches are furloughed, which means they're basically not even working uh, while they're on furlough. So they're not certainly going to be allowed to recruit. And for the most part, if a campus is closed, if a university is saying, you know, we don't think it's safe for our students to be here, the chances that they're going to say it's okay for our coaches to go out and bring kids on campus or or even go out and just, you know, go to a tournament and mingle with dozens or hundreds or thousands of other people is just kind of a crazy thought. I don't think you can, you can argue that it's likely that it's going to happen. So what that means for our coaches and our our families is we've got to take a whole new track. We've got to become even that much more aggressive, even that much more proactive in 
providing college coaches with visual evidence of what we're doing. The idea of video clips, streaming, streaming games when the games happen, all those things I think are going to become really, really important. No, there's no doubt, Tori, and it's just going to change the landscape. It's just going to, means we still have to do things, right? right. We still have to do our part. It's just going to be a little different, uh, little different angle or twist. Right. But the one thing I wanted us to talk about today, because there's a couple of different streaming services available now that do a, a really pretty good job of kind of broadcasting the game. You know, we hang the camera on the fence and they've created some software where it's able to keep up with things like the score and, and stuff like that. You know, for a long time, people have been using Facebook Live where basically we just, you know, hang the phone or hang a camera on the fence and try to broadcast or, or stream the game as it's going on. And that serves a certain purpose. You know, it, it allows people to follow. You know, it, it's probably not the greatest quality of video or whatever, but at least you can kind of keep up with what's going on. You know, the new services seem to have amped that up a little bit. The quality of the video seems better, and the, the software that they're using to help you keep up with the actual play of the game is better. But here's the thing I want to throw out there. While broadcasting a game or streaming a game has some value, if we want to get the most bang for our buck in recruiting, we don't need to show a college coach the whole game. They don't necessarily want to watch the whole game. They want to watch some specific things. It'd be impossible for them to do that, right? right? And so, you know, a lot of the video streams, when you see it, if you are watching it, you know, from a fan perspective, it's great. You know what's going on. You can see that Sally got a hit, and you can see that your Grandma team is winning. Grandma and Grandpa, yep. But you can barely see the outfielders. You can, you know, barely see the ball in some situations. You know, it's it's uh, it's hard. what's happening out it's, there. It's really yeah. hard to zero in, and so. What I'm going to recommend that parents and coaches start to think about is if, and again, I know this is going to get more complicated. I'm, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. You know, it, it's already challenging enough to hang the camera on the fence and broadcast the game. But if we really want to make these streaming opportunities useful, if we want to get the most out of this for helping our players get recruited, instead of trying to broadcast the whole game, if I'm a pitcher's dad, I'm going to put my camera in a place where I'm zeroing in on my daughter while she pitches. And I'm going to zero in enough that the college coach that's watching can see her and the batter. And if they can't see the shortstop, if they can't see the second baseman, if they can't see the center fielder, that's okay. Because if my goal is to help my daughter or my pitcher get recruited, I need to give that college coach that I'm sending that video to or that might be looking at that stream as up close and personal a view as I possibly can. Now, does that mean that that college coach won't be able to see that that ball got hit and got caught by the center fielder? Probably. But it's going to be close enough and zeroed in enough that they can see the pitch. They can see the, the pitcher's face. They can see her body as she's delivering it and making sure that we can see what we need to see. So as you're saying that, Tori, too, I'm I'm thinking from the pitcher's perspective, you could have a side view, you could have a view behind home plate, and just be creating a, a little bit of a highlight reel and something that you're excited to share, and right, and then keep those things. It doesn't have to be from one particular game or or one event. Start compiling some data and right or some footage, right? But, but and because I think what we have to think about is amount of video and amount of streaming time that a college coach is going to be able to spend is a part of this challenge. If I stream all my games and I expect a coach to sit in their office or sit in their living room and spend all day Saturday watching 10 hours of 
my streaming videos to try to pick up the few times that I'm going to be involved. Not going to happen. It's not going to happen because they're going to have hundreds of other kids also sending them links and video clips and things like that. So we need to zero in. Now, it's great that it's game footage. That's awesome in this situation because we want the coach to be able to see that you're competing, that you're playing. You know, a skills video is something altogether different. You know, that's the door opener. That's the thing that gets a coach. Once we've got their eye. Right, that gets a coach interested. And so you have to have that skills video too, you know, from a a streaming perspective, trying to show them, you know, game footage because they cannot be at the games. We need to really throw out all the things we're used to. We're not trying to broadcast a game. We're trying to specifically show a college coach what a player is doing. You know, same thing for a hitter. I wouldn't be trying to broadcast, you know, the entire game. I would set up a camera and zero in so I can see the hitter. I can see her swing. I can see the contact. I can see how hard she's hitting the ball. So it might be the same view or a similar, a slightly different view, but a similar view to the one we're using to showcase the pitcher. If we're showcasing the pitcher, we want the pitcher, the you know, the catcher and the hitter all in one frame. But we want to zero in as much as we can that we can really see what's happening. Same thing for the hitter. Now, we might change the angle just a little bit so the catcher's out of the way so you can see the swing better. You know, we might have a profile view versus a behind the view. You know, we might elevate the camera and get high enough that we're kind of looking down on the hitter. But, but again, very specific. We're not trying to broadcast the whole game anymore because if we're doing that, we're not going to take advantage of the opportunity. Yeah, no, I think it gets tough if you're a shortstop, a second base, a left fielder. So it does get a little bit challenging. For that to be as dedicated to your needs, right? Right. But it's still the same idea. If my choice is I hang the camera on the fence and my left fielder daughter or my left fielder who I'm trying to get recruited, if I'm the coach and I'm setting this up and you know I can hang this camera on the fence and try to see the whole game, or I can hang a camera in a specific spot that zeroes in just on that part of the field as much as I possibly can. Maybe I set it up so it's at an angle kind of going through the field towards left field and blowing it up or zeroing it in, zooming it in as much as possible to make it as clear and effective as it possibly can. And so there's going to be stretches of time where all I'm doing is watching that left fielder get ready, move to her ready position, break to back up a play, you know, whatever it is, she might not have the ball hit to her. But again, we've got to break the model of what we're after. If anybody thinks that a college coach is going to be sitting in their living room looking at an eighth-inch high speck of a person out in left field because the video camera is so far away and and the picture is so wide-angle to try to get all nine players and the whole field in, we're missing the boat. Yeah, it's going to be tough for sure. But again, we've got to be doing things that are going to be helping the kid be seen and and get followed when they do get a chance to get out there and watch them in person. Right. So in this day and age, what might that mean if, if let's say, we set it up and and our team has eight kids that are actively trying to get recruited? You know, we've got two pitchers. We've got, uh, you know, all of them hit. So obviously we're going to set up a camera to to get that. But then we've got a shortstop, a center fielder, a catcher, and a first baseman. We might have to get together with eight different families and eight different sets of parents, and eight different GoPro cameras, or eight different smartphones, or eight different uh, whatever it takes, and set up you know, our own little recording studio, our own little uh, you know special effects stu- studio, where we've got eight different cameras on eight different angles on eight different people, 
and then take that information and specifically be sending it to the coaches that we need to, whether it's I cut it up and I send them a highlight video. I think that's where we're, yeah. Or or maybe I do both. If I was a coach and I had a player that I knew was really interested in a school and that school was interested in them, I would be contacting them before the fact and be saying, okay, we're going to be playing these four games, these four times. We're going to send you these different links, these different streams are all available to you so you can watch Sally in left field. You can watch Sally when she's hitting. You can watch Sally when she's running the bases. You can you know watch Sally. Yep. Then that's what we need to do to make sure that that coach knows what's going on. And then after the fact, I'm going to go back and cut that video up. I'm going to take all those files and I'm going to pull out the five balls that Sally actually caught in left field, the 15 at bats that Sally actually had at the plate. And it's going to have much more of a skills video feel to it. It's going to be zeroed in just on Sally. I'm not trying to get the whole game. I'm not trying to make it some ESPN quality broadcast that somebody's going to love watching the game. I want that coach in a very efficient way to be able to see that player doing what that player does. See, Tori, I think that's the most effective thought is, you know, because that particular coach that we invited to watch the live stream might not be the one that ends up being recruiting us. So there needs to be an opportunity to share the great plays we had or the good hits or the the incredible pitching uh, outing that someone had with new coaches and different people. So right. that kind of opens things up for us. And I want to make sure we make this clear. If it's a player who's very early in the process that has not really started contacting coaches yet, yep. the first thing for them is the skills video. Yes. If you want to know all about skills video, go to our fastpitchprep.com website. We've got our online recruiting seminar. There's a segment in the online recruiting seminar that talks specifically about how to create a good skills video, what you need to have, and the things that need to be included in it to pique a coach's interest. So what we're talking about now is we've done that already. And, we've we've uh, had that skills video. We've got a relationship, kind of started with a coach, and now we're trying to convince that coach who knows about us how to show them what we're to really, watch. Yeah, and, yeah. and to convince them. Where we're at right now, and this is going to be the most shocking thing of all, is we're going to have college coaches, I believe, that are going to now have to decide whether they're going to recruit a player or offer a scholarship to a player that they've seen very little face-to-face, live, and in person. Right. When I was out on the recruiting trail as a college coach, if I was interested in a shortstop on a team, there would be times that the game would be over and I couldn't tell you who won. I couldn't tell you what the score was. I couldn't tell you if there was another decent player on the field because I was so zeroed in on trying to watch just that shortstop that the whole rest of the day was like a blur. blur. Yeah. Well, so now we have to take that same experience and apply that to what we're doing with the videos and the streaming and everything else. That coach doesn't care whether your team wins. And that coach isn't there to watch your whole team. Trying to figure out how you're going to plug into their Right. That that coach is there to try to decide, okay, is Sally a better shortstop than Mary? And do I want Sally off of this team or do I want Mary off of the other team? Right. And so we've got to do what it takes to give that coach that in-depth and... As close a view as they can, yeah. So So that they feel like they're actually there watching. Yep. And so that they can zero in on what that player is doing. Just want to make sure that everybody's completely clear. You know, that skills video is crucial for a player that's early in the recruiting process. But if we're far enough down the line where we think a coach is going to come watch us play because we know they like us, the skills video has already come and gone. That's served its purpose already. Now we need to amp it up and figure out a way to give them that 
experience See of the being everyday there. stuff. Right. Yeah. So, and again, I, I know we're asking coaches to do a lot. We're asking parents to do something that's uncommon. The landscape is changing. But we're in a crazy world right now. And if we want to get a college coach's attention and keep it, we can't just do what we've always done. If we keep doing what we've always done, we're going to get left behind because what we've done in the past just doesn't have a chance to work anymore. We've got to evolve and accommodate what uh, what the current challenges are, right? Right. And the good news is the technology is at a point now where between all these different types of cameras and smartphones and everything else that we don't need to go out and spend thousands and thousands of dollars on a video system put together the information that we need to. We already did it on our phones, right? Right. Complaint I would always get, you know, from people when they would talk about skills videos. Well, we tried to do it on our phone, but we couldn't get close enough. We couldn't zoom in or whatever. Well, when you know that your only goal is to zero in on one specific player as close as you can, the camera in that phone is pretty good. good. Now, is it as good as if you have some big giant... uh, Telescoping telescopic lens. lens and all that kind of stuff? Probably not, but we don't need it to be ESPN broadcast quality. We need it to be clear enough that that coach can see what they need to see. And if we kind of keep that in perspective, I think it's going to help people get over the it's not perfect hurdle and figure out this is good and it's good enough for what we're trying to do right now. Well, I kind of like this thought too, Tori. The skills video sometimes are just the the highlight. You know, I did it perfect. This was a good day. Um, you know, the streaming idea kind of puts pressure on the kids too to to hustle in from their position in right. between innings, to hustle out, to you know, to be sure that they're not going to get told on if they, you know, aren't acting and participating in a way that's going to be appropriate for a college setting. Right. And you hit on a very important point there because if a college coach is watching that stream and they see somebody who says I'm a left fielder and I want to play for your team, and all that left fielder does is stand there stone cold without <laughs> moving a muscle until they jog back off the field. Different than the highlight video, right? That's a whole lot different than being able to watch that left fielder get ready on every single pitch and and be ready to get a good jump and and being involved and and communicating with their teammates and all that kind of stuff. So pressure is on players and coaches. Yeah. And so it might not be that you get, you know, 15 balls hit to you, but there's a lot of stuff there that that coach who's interested in you as a potential player is going to be interested in seeing. So communication, so streaming, and, yep, yep. using these tools, coaches, players, parents, families, we've got to wrap our heads around the idea that this is the only way I think you're going to get to show college coaches this summer what you can do. If you don't choose to do it, don't be shocked when they don't come calling. When your phone's not ringing on September 1st, don't be shocked. When the offers aren't pouring in, don't blame somebody else because here's your chance to do what you need to do to get in front of them, stay in front of them, and make a good impression. Hey, this corona thing is the same on everybody, right? Right. So it's still an even an even setting. So yeah. we got to get out there and do the work. And and overcome it instead yep. of uh, over-excuse it. Sure. Okay, so that's going to wrap up episode number 34 of Coach Prep. Um, as always, please reach out to us at everythingfastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com with suggestions, ideas, comments, anything that you would like to share. As always, Coach Don and I want to make sure that we're talking about things that are timely and meaningful and and apply to what you're doing. And the best way for that to happen is for you to contact us. Uh, Also, make sure you check out our sponsor, CleanItUpFP, CleanItUp.com. It's the app you need on your phone to solve all your communication needs. So for Stan Lewis and Coach Don here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio, this is Coach Tori saying thanks for listening to episode number 34. And we'll talk to you again next week. 